You're listening to a podcast from Father Peter Smith, St. Columbus Parish, North Leichardt, on the first Sunday of Advent. And now here's Father Peter. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in Noah's day, so will it be when the Son of Man comes. For in those days, before the flood, people were eating, drinking, taking wives, taking husbands, right up to the day Noah went into the ark. And they suspected nothing, till the flood came and swept all away. It will be like this when the Son of Man comes. Then of two men in the fields, one is taken, one left. Of two women at the millstone grinding, one is taken, one left. So stay awake, because you do not know the day when your master is coming. You may be quite sure of this, that if the householder had known at what time of the night the burglar would come, he would have stayed awake, would not have allowed anyone to break through the wall of his house. Therefore you too must stand ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The Gospel of the Lord. I would like to begin my few words this evening by echoing one of the very important lines of tonight's Gospel. During my homily, stay awake. We just lit the first candle of the Advent wreath. Now, I'm not sure how many of us know the, the origins of the Advent wreath, but it actually predates Christianity. As we all know here in Australia, the world is actually upside down. Every map we see has Europe and the Americas all at the top, and we're <clears throat> down under. One of the effects that this has had, I think, and especially for us as Christians, is that most of the way in which we've interpreted the seasons are from a northern hemisphere perspective. So here we are just coming to the end of spring, looking towards a, a bright and warm summer, and they're beginning to experience darkness and a winter and the cold. And so even before the time of Christ in the northern hemisphere, people used to light candles, not just because of the light that they provided for them to live by, but as a sign of hope also. And they began to put greenery around it because they believed in the promise that the long night that they were about to experience of winter would not last forever, that it would be over. It wasn't until the 16th century that the church in Germany actually picked this symbol up as something Christian and began to work out that they would have four candles, three purple and one pink, representing the four weeks of Advent and leading up to Christmas. They saw that each one of those candles was a reminder of the light of Christ in our world. But I think it's also a reminder of something else. I think that light also reminds us that we are called and challenged to be lights for our world as well. As you, you probably know, I, I also work in the Justice and Peace Office for the Archdiocese, and I absolutely love doing that work. And the main reason I love it is 
not because of all the administration the diocese lumbers on me, but rather because of the people that I get to meet. This city is filled with wonderful, caring people who constantly are shining lights in our world. And I want to tell you about two of them tonight. One is a lady named Paula. Paula noticed that there are a few elderly people around her who probably weren't getting enough to eat. They were elderly and not able to get out to shop. So she just started of an evening cooking a little extra to what she needed for her family and started taking it to those four people who lived just almost immediately around where she lived. But then she discovered that that need was bigger and bigger all the time. And so she spoke to a few friends and said, would you help out? Which they instantly did. And a few friends grew a few more friends and a few more. And now Paula runs a group called the St. Mercurius Charity and they feed 4,000 meals per week. Recently, Paula realised that just food was not enough. And so they've expanded into helping people with education, with clothing and with counselling services and putting them in touch with those that they need. Paula and all of those who work with her are a shining light to our world. And also the organisations who support her financially. Story number two. A few days ago I was at the supermarket and I was in the, the queue with my groceries. Just a little aside, I, I try never to go to those automatic ones because I want people still to have jobs, but that's another story. And there were two people in front of me, a younger woman and an older lady. The older lady was kind of struggling with her purse, getting her money out, counting it out. And as she finished, the young woman said to her, excuse me, she said, you look beautiful. I love that dress that you're wearing. The woman had obviously taken trouble to put on her makeup and her lipstick and, and a lovely dress to go shopping. That woman's eyes just brightened up. Her face glowed at the thought that somebody noticed her. Older people sometimes go unseen in our society. But that to me was a very, very simple thing to do that probably changed that woman's day. I wondered about what her life was like. Maybe she was a widow. Maybe she was on her own. But she still took the trouble to make sure that she dressed nicely, had the makeup done and all of that, just to go and do her grocery shopping. And that young woman noticed. I'd like to suggest to you today that over these four weeks of Advent, we could all think about how we could be a light in our world. Now, I know you people do that week in and week out, all of the time in your lives. This wonderful community here was always so caring. I'm not asking you for money. You know I'm not very good at doing that anyhow. But I am asking you to think about how are you a light to our world? And I'd like you to do one act each week of Advent, only a tiny thing, but brings a light to somebody else in our world. I think we can all do that. And then somehow it seems to me that the light that we light here on Sunday is not just something symbolic about coming to church one day a week. It's something that we carry through in our preparation for Christmas. 
the reminder that the Christ child that's going to be born on Christmas Day is the light that we follow every day of our lives. But maybe we do it almost unconsciously because you are always so generous, caring people. You do loving acts all the time. So what I want you to do this week is when one of those acts comes to your mind, think of the Advent wreath. Think of that light. Do you think we can do that? We bring Christ to our world by the way that we gather here. But we bring Christ to our world also in the simple, easy acts. I'm not asking you to feed 4,000 people a week. I'm asking you to do something very simple and realise that it's the light of Christ inspiring us and living in our hearts as we go through this Advent season.